الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدينهم سبولنا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم so this is the 10th week that we've been covering these sessions, alhamdulillah. And we are, uh, and today is the last and final session for the series. Uh, just as a reminder, the series, the intention behind this series was to select certain, select a hadith from the life of the Prophet that we would be able to directly apply to our own lives and take home practical points by which we could fill our homes, which is the space that we tend to spend the most of our time in, fill that space with love. So thus far we've covered, we've had nine sessions and eight hadith because hadith number seven we split into two sessions. And just a, a summary of the sessions is available to view on the slide. Uh, and we'll try to recap this again at the end. So the final hadith that we're going to be covering <coughs> goes as follows. Um, and again, I, I abridged or I removed the beginning portion of it. But Umm Salama, uh, Umm Salama, haddathat uh, annaha. كانت عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وميمونة قالت فبينا نحن عنده أقبل ابن أم مكتوم فدخل عليه وذلك بعد ما أمرنا بالحجاب فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم احتجب منه فقلت يا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أليس هو أعمى لا يبصرنا ولا يعرفنا فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أَفَعَمْيَاوَانِ أَنْتُمَا أَلَسْتُمَا تُبْصِرَانِهِ So the translation is as follows. Umm Salama, radiallahu ta'ala anha, she was the wife of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She was one of the wives. She narrated that she and Maymuna, who was another wife of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they were with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so Umm Salama, she says, so when we were with him, meaning when the two of them were with the Prophet ﷺ, uh, Ibn Umm Maktoum came. He was a uh, Sahabi of the Prophet ﷺ. He was, the, he was known as the blind Sahabi of the Prophet ﷺ. He couldn't see. Um, so he uh, had come. And he entered upon him, meaning upon Rasulullah ﷺ. And that was after veiling had been ordered for us. So the rulings regarding hijab and veiling, had already been commanded upon the Sahaba at that point in history. So this is why she's mentioning it. So he came in and he had entered upon the Prophet ﷺ and she's saying, and this was the time where the rules of hijab had already come down. So the Messenger of Allah ﷺ said, veil yourselves from him. So I said, Umm Salama, she says, I said, O Messenger of Allah, is he not blind such that he cannot see us or recognize us? Um, meaning, why would we need to veil ourselves if he can't see us anyway? There's a veil on his own eyes. So the Messenger of Allah said, Are you too blind such that you cannot see him? Right? He, he asked the question in return. So we'll obviously delve, go back into the hadith and the, some of the nuances. But let's just cover a few <clears throat> background points. So the first background point is that the Ardeen, it has established principles of hijab. Ardeen. It has established principles of hijab. Now, broadly speaking, hijab, we think of it as a veiling or a head covering. Uh, but in reality, what it is, is it is a, a separation that's, that the deen has created 
that should be between certain individuals, right? That's the, the definition of hijab. Uh, so it's not that everybody does hijab from everyone else, but in certain relationships between certain people, hijab or separation or some form of separation must occur, right? So for instance, in the case of men, we know, for example, one of the manifestations of hijab is by lowering the gaze. And we also know for men that there is a degree of covering that must occur. And for women, similarly, it comes in the Quran also that women have to lower their gaze and they have to adorn themselves in a certain way as well. So the principles of hijab, they are they apply both to men and women. Uh, and the general idea is that we can't interact with whomever we want to interact with. It's not just, you know, open. The deen does not leave relationships completely open. There is hijab that's recommended. That, that's that's uh, ordered by Allah Ta'ala and that hijab is not limited to for instance a head covering which is the common definition of hijab that we use today okay what's background point number two that is that hijab it actually promotes fidelity hijab promotes fidelity it's you know we think about hijab as when there's hijab between two people let's say that uh, a person dresses adorning, adorn, uh, adorning the hijab we think, or they dawn upon themselves a hijab, we think that this is now a restriction that's placed upon that person. But actually, rather than looking at it as, I am now restricted from doing X, Y, and Z, uh, I'm, not, I'm now restricted by, be, from interacting with so-and-so people, what hijab is actually doing is it's saying, look, you can interact with these people, but you should be interacting with these people, right? So there's hijab between certain people, but on the flip side, there is no hijab between certain people or very limited hijab between certain people. And the deen says that, look, rather than focus on all of these external relationships that we've now established hijab must occur between, we are using this, this is being used as a means by which we direct our attention toward relationships that are important. You know, for example, there's no hijab there between a husband and a wife. Right? So what is that saying? It's saying that, look, I have to do hijab from other people, right? That's a restriction. But what it's saying is that, look, if you're too involved in interacting with other, let's say women, for instance, well, then I'm not going to be able to give proper attention to the person from whom there is no hijab, right? So uh, you can take any example from this. The deen, for instance, highlights that, uh, you know, there's no hijab between a daughter and a father, or very limited hijab, right? There's no separation. There's no veil that's required. You can interact freely between a, a, a daughter and a father, or between a mother and a son, right? So what it's saying is that, look, there's no hijab there, so make sure all of your attention and your efforts and the love and the re- that you're trying to build between people, that should occur in that relationship rather than occurring with every other possible relationship out there. So hijab essentially promotes fidelity because what it's say- suggesting is that uh, rather than, you know, look at all of, look at every, look, look in 20 different directions, look toward one direction. In the case, for instance, of your spouse or toward your parent or toward your child or toward your sibling in which hijab has been essentially removed. The third point to understand is that fidelity, which is, you know, the combination of, you could say, trust and confidence in an individual, uh, it is foundational for the home. Where We know that infidelity, which is, uh, commonplace, right, in our society. It's not uncommon to hear of acts of infidelity, not only outside the Muslim community, but very commonly within the Muslim community. Um, we, we hear about this being, for instance, a leading cause of, div- it's like the second leading cause of separation or divorce in this country, at least, right? It's this notion that you have not been loyal to me. So we know that hijab 
promotes fidelity, and we know that fidelity is essential to the home. But fidelity isn't just necessarily physical, right, fidelity, but it also encompasses emotional fidelity as well. So essentially what we're talking about here is that the deen through hijab, it uses hijab, and it basically tells us that, look, no one is more important than the people that are within your home. Right? That's essentially what it's doing. That you have to practice hijab outside the home for the most part. But, uh, but where, you, where do you not have to practice hijab? Within the home. So what it's saying essentially is that, you know, be loyal to the people that are within your home. Right? Because there's no barrier there. Be, be loyal. Trust them. Have confidence. Um, and, 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 and put attention to the relationships that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has deemed important for me. For instance, the relationship between a, uh, a parent and a child. Or the relationship between, a sibling, between siblings. Or the relationship, importantly, you know, in this, def- this, this discussion in particular, the relationship between a husband and a wife. Right? So we, we, we should think about it in this way, right? Like how loyal have I been to my spouse, for instance, if I'm, you know, let's say, not doing hijab from anyone else outside the house. Well, it's very challenging for me to be loyal and to uh, have emotional, physical fidelity with, with my own spouse, for instance. So fidelity, we know, is foundational for the home. And infidelity is one of the leading causes of a home being destroyed. Right. So we know this. Okay. Uh, so let's return back to this hadith. Umm Salama narrated that she and Maymuna were with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she said, so when we were with him, Ibn Umm Maktoum came and he entered upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that was after the veiling had been ordered for us. So Ibn um, uh, Abdullah Ibn Umm Maktoum, the companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who was blind, comes into the home and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is there and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then says to his wives, veil yourselves from him, meaning he says to uh, practice hijab. And she responds and said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, but isn't he blind such that he cannot see us or recognize us? Why do we have to veil ourselves if he can't see us anyway? And the Messenger of Allah said, Okay, but what about you guys? Are you guys blind? Can you not see him? This is narrated in the book of Imam Tirmidhi. So what are the two lessons that we, what are lessons that we can learn? The first is that Rasulullah he established boundaries in the home. And it's important for us to understand this as well. You know, in the house of the Prophet it was an open door for anyone to come and freely interact with whomever they wanted to interact with. And in our context, we should think about this as well. That the home is not a place where anyone and everyone can enter. Now, in the physical, uh, in a physical discussion, we, we know this, right? We have locks on our doors. No one can enter without our permission. Certainly, if there's some inappropriate activity, it's not going to happen physically within our home. These things, we, you know, it's not, it's not tough, difficult for us to... In fact, many of us are already practicing this inherently. Um, but, you know, in, in, in today's day and age, there's a lot of virtual interaction that occurs within the home in which there are no boundaries. Right, and that could be you know looking at things, that could be interacting with people, that could be following certain people, that could be liking certain people. You know, all of these things happen within the comforts of our own home. And what we've basically essentially done is removed boundaries. But look at the Prophet Sallallahu highlighting to us that there are boundaries within the home because those boundaries are what t- maintain fidelity and maintain love within the home. That's the first lesson to, uh, from this hadith. The second lesson that we can take is that hijab is everyone's responsibility, right? Look, the Prophet ﷺ is saying, you know, he, uh, this Sahabi of the Prophet ﷺ is coming in, and he is unable to see the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, and the Prophet ﷺ tells his wives that, look, you need to practice hijab. And the wife, the wife is thinking, well, why should we practice hijab? This person's already doing it, 
right? This person, for instance, is already lowering his gaze. What is the need for me to also practice hijab? Is what the Prophet, what the companion is asking, and it makes sense, right? It, it makes sense to a degree. But the Prophet sometimes highlighting, okay, okay, that's fine. Although he is unable to see you and interact with you, or let's say he's already created hijab, uh, it's important for you to also practice hijab. So what we learn here is that hijab is not necessarily the name of uh, covering or, or a type of clothing or a piece of cloth, but rather hijab is a separation that occurs in, with, um, in keeping in mind the benefit of, of what can and can't occur within the house Or keeping in mind the benefit that occurs within the house So uh, hijab is the responsibility of every person within the home Be it husband, be it wife, be it father, be it child, be it son, be it daughter Some semblance of hijab must be there within the home uh, When interacting outside the home And this is everyone's responsibility So I know this is kind of a detailed discussion. I just wanted to highlight this point in the final hadith because I think it's important for us to, to, to really understand how this facilitates love within the home and how removal of hijab from our lives is one of the principal drivers of, of turmoil within the home. Okay, so what are the two practice points as we conclude? The first practice point is that um, that be, as we mentioned in today's day and age, you know, where, where are we? Where are we uh, missing out on hijab? Again, the definition of hijab here being general separation, such that I can focus on the people that I don't have hijab with, so that I can give them the attention and love, and I can spend time developing that relationship. So, where am I? Where does a common person in today's day and age violate the principles of hijab such that they miss out on the benefits that come from it? It's not in, for instance, going outdoors and dressing a certain way or looking a certain way or lowering the gaze and things like that. Those are, that's the physical meaning which applies, but that's not, a, that's, not a, that's not what's happening within the home. What's happening within the home is the unlimited access and, and, uh, w and without boundary uh, interactions that are occurring virtually. So we should be very careful about this, right? This applies to you know, all the people that we follow online, for instance, right? Like what we should think about like, uh, what, what's happening? Like, let's say there's some famous celebrity or some influencer online that we're following their lives every single day and we're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and seeing. Look, the reality is everyone displays all the great things in their life. No one's looking to display all the difficulties in their life. They'll display how their great qualities are, their characteristics are, etc., etc., etc. And if I'm constantly looking at some, let's say, celebrity online who's posting all these excellent things or someone you know, within the Muslim community who's well-known and all they're doing is posting all the great things that are happening, eventually I'm going to wonder, like, you know, why isn't my husband like this? You know, why isn't my wife like this? Why can't my child be like this? Look how great X, Y, and Z is doing. And look how perfect their life is. Why can't my life be this? You know, well, if we don't practice hijab from these sorts of interactions, then inevitably I begin to cause, uh, I begin to direct blame. Uh, and I, and I, I begin to cast doubt upon the relationships that are within my own home as well. So we should, you know, be very mindful of what sorts of interactions we have. And in general, the more hijab we can do from people virtually, I don't mean to not socialize, so socializing is different, but the more hijab we can do from the lifestyles of people that are virtually entering our home, the, more, the better it'll be for us to engage the relationships within our own home, right? This is, why it's, this is what's important. 
And you can see now, for instance, the, hijab, the rules of hijab, let's not say rules, but let's say the principles of hijab that limited, for instance, the wives of the Prophet ﷺ in this hadith from this Sahabi, you know, we may think, okay, maybe I don't like spend, maybe I don't have those sorts of direct, you know, physical interactions. But virtually, if I'm following someone else's husband or someone else's wife or someone else's, you know, let's say loved one, and I'm just following them and interacting with them and, and, and being very informal with them, what that's doing is it's taking away my love and my attention where it's supposed to go, which is to be toward my own spouse or, you know, some, or toward my own mother, for instance. So we should be mindful of this and we should try to apply hijab as much as possible toward our virtual interactions. And, and, and it's from experience and just hearing the stories that happen within the community, it's one of the leading causes of infidelity within the Muslim community is this complete lack of hijab and, uh, you know, people seeing how great other people's husbands and other people's wives appear to be, uh, and then beginning to wonder why am I stuck with this person, or why am I, what, you know, why can't my husband or my wife be this way, why can't my child be this way, etc. So we should try to apply hijab as much as possible to our virtual interactions, and we will see the benefits that come from it in our own relationships. The second and final take-home point for today is that we should do our best to withhold any external comparisons that we make. What I mean by this is that, look, the first line of defense is the barrier of hijab that the deen has highlighted for us, telling us that focus on the people within the home because there's no hijab there. We've placed boundaries around other interactions because we don't want there to be unnecessary, un unwanted, uh, unnecessary interaction there. But sometimes we, we hear things about other people, maybe, you know, so-and-so got into a certain school or certain college or so-and-so got a certain job. And sometimes we begin to think in our own mind that, you know, why couldn't my son have been this way? Or why couldn't my daughter have been this way? Or why couldn't my wife cook food in this way? Or why couldn't my husband, you know, get a promotion in that way or earn this much money? And so that we begin to share those comparisons that we hear from the external world with the people within the home. And it's one of the most damaging things that we can do to say that, look, you know, so-and-so's wife does this. Why can't you do this? Or so-and-so's husband does this. Or so-and-so's child. Did you see how great they are? Did you see what, you know, uh, what accomplishments they made? That sort of comparison is so damaging. One, it's ineffective. It doesn't work. Uh, and two, it has a lot of long-term ramifications. You know, every individual has their own talents and capabilities. And it's important for us to accept those and limit and completely withhold any external comparisons based off of the, 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 the glamour that we see in the public lives of people that choose to display only those things that are positive. Uh, so this is the principle that we should try to take home. So the summary of the hadith from today, the summary is that the, in the home of the Prophet wasallam, we see a semblance of hijab being established as a boundary. Hijab is not the name of just a piece of clothing, but rather it is a principle that the deen established that establishes that creates separation between certain individuals. But the overall goal that comes from hijab is one or one of the goals of hijab and the benefits that comes from hijab is that it directs our attention away from those things that will mislead us or misguide us or cause us you can say to have turmoil within the home and rather it tells us to channel that energy and that attention and that gaze and that love and uh, toward the people that are within the home thereby filling the home with love. So hijab is a tool that we should use to fill our own homes with love. So that's the end of this hadith. I'm just gonna, there's a, this, the final slide just summarizes all uh, 10 sessions or nine hadith that were covered. 
and um, you can review this inshallah and review the rest of the, the prior series online may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq to benefit from the uh, from the teachings of the Prophet sallallahu may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our homes from any difficulties be it external or internal may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Forgive us for all the mistakes that we make within our home and allow it, uh, and allow our homes to be a place of love and a place of happiness and a place of sukoon for all of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for all of our sins. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept us as one of his. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.